Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome to another episode. So this episode that I'm recording is, I think, episode 3 in my series of transforming your life and becoming a better Muslim. I used to film these quite often, I had like two episodes that were uploaded and then I think I forgot myself about the series existing. And then I remembered, because I was going through my podcast and I was like, what have I not talked about? And I was like, oh my god, that is such a cool series, why did I forget doing that? So... I have decided to do another episode of Becoming a Better Muslim, inshallah. So, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the main central statement theme that I kind of always have. And the other ones, it was like a wide range of stuff I talked about, like free mixing, music, you know, jealousy, whatnot. So, if you're interested in that, scroll down. I have episodes on that. This one is under a bigger tree of topics where I'm going to be talking about a couple things underneath. The main thing that I'm going to be talking about here is how the pathway to less suffering usually requires more suffering and under that tree and under under the idea i'm going to be talking about the draining side of you know becoming a more religious person bitterness um freedom from your own narratives freedom from other people's narratives the feeling of unworthiness and forgiveness and repentance the friction of growth just those type of topics you know what i mean and they'll all correlate together inshallah so I felt like this was a topic that should be addressed. So, I think it's easier said than done, but I think that it is quite obvious for all of us that the journey to less suffering usually requires more suffering. That's just how life is, really. The journey to less suffering usually requires more suffering because to suffer less, you gotta let go of lots of things, which causes more suffering. So, in life, when you are trying, and I think everyone is trying to live a life that is filled with less suffering i don't think anyone wants to suffer but um to get to that point there's a lot of things that you need to bear and a lot of sacrifices that you need to make you know and less suffering it doesn't just happen overnight it is something that you have to work on it is something that you have to eliminate or add into your life that will help eliminate the suffering so this can be removing people and situations from your life or this can be adding the deen into your life to eliminate the suffering that you are going through so there is a mix of what you gotta do to eliminate the suffering that happens personally in your own life and obviously that's subjective to everyone for certain cases lots of people suffering usually requires them to remove things that they struggle to remove and when you learn to remove those things it becomes a lot less burdensome on your end because you learn to become a lot more patient and understanding that while some things could be good they can cause you suffering so you do need to let go of things that may harm you in a negative aspect so of course the pathway to suffering usually sometimes requires more suffering so one of the issues with letting go and coming to a path of more um, freedom and healing is that people are either too scared to let go or too scared to add on which is what I'm going to talk about right now when it comes to letting go of stuff, I talk about this 24-7. I have ep- episodes dedicated to this type of topic. So go scroll down if you want to hear those. But um, when letting go of things, I think it's really important to remember that you only have so much control when it comes into your relationships in life and with your situations. When you try your 100% best and then you leave the rest up to God, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Lots of people want to act like they're in control of way more than they actually are and that's how they get themselves to become more stressed. You make yourself more stressed by thinking you can control everything. The day you stop realizing that, oh, I can just control everything, and you realize like, no, you're wrong, makes it a lot better. Yes, there's efforts and stuff that's on your hand that you should be doing, you should be applying, and inshallah you are, 
but there's only so much that one human being can do for such a big role in life. You know, your life and what you do and just this world period is far more bigger than just, you know, our little decisions. Of course, that our decisions we make, especially when it comes in regards to ahra, matter. But when it comes to the dunya, when it comes to, you know, stuff that you're concerned about, those things are very, very little things and compared to the big vast majority of what's to come, which is, of course, our ahra. So there's a lot more that comes into play than you think. But when the only thing you want to be concerned about is the decisions that I have to make in my own personal life and I'm in control of 100% all my decisions and why did I fail in this, you drag yourself to a crazy end. Because yes, we do have free will and yes, it is our responsibility to be better Muslims and that is of course in our control. But when the discussion comes down to the dunya of getting a job or getting this or letting go of this, it's like, or you know, even making someone like you, there's only so much that you can do for people like that. So... Sometimes subtracting and taking out of your life is not easy, but it's something that has to be done. And if you are not willing to remove stuff from your life, you need to understand that you need to care for yourself more. So many people are so caught up with, well, I love this. I love this. I don't want to let this go. Well, this thing hurts you. And you need to love yourself more than the things that you love to understand when, what you need to let go and when you need to let go of it. And if you do not no learn how to recognize those things that are earlier on stage in life, you're going to forever carry stuff that you should have left seasons ago. And every single season is going to spoil and ruin you because you didn't realize that, wow, I should have left this a long time ago. Not every single person you meet is meant to stay with you for the rest of your life. And not every single person or situation that you're involved in is meant to be with you forever. And when you acknowledge that, you learn to let go of what is seasonal and you learn to keep what is meant to stay. And that way you put your energy towards what's meant to stay and you nourish those relationships and those concepts and those ideas and those goals instead of devouring 100% of you in little, 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 little things that scatter and leave. How many times have you guys heard people say, well, everything I love leaves. Everything that makes me happy leaves. Well, the question is, are you going head over heels, falling in love with every single thing that comes in your life because every single thing that comes in your life is not meant to stay. So you can't blame life for taking away things that was not meant for, for yours to be long-term. It was not meant for you long-term. And you chose to go head over heels and devour over it and whatnot and put your 100% towards it and there's nothing wrong with that. But you also need to look at the signs when God is showing you the signs that, okay, well, maybe I'll have to let this thing go sooner or later. Or maybe this thing is seasonal. People ignore the signs and then they complain about how they weren't given any clarity. God gave you clarity. You took it as confusion. Don't take God's clarity as confusion. When God sends you signs, you see the signs. You see the signs within the people. Or you see that person doing something that you know is a non negotiable for you don't force yourself to negotiate on it lots of people what they do is when they don't find something that they want that doesn't exist at least right now in the little hemisphere of life they choose to settle with something that they know they would never take so for example you know that you would never ever want to be or friends or you know whatnot with people that are abc right? You know that that's not something you you want. You don't want to be friends with someone that is, you know, drug dealing, a felon, or I don't even know, like, whatever. Or they're, like, a super abusive, aggressive, whatever your opinions or non-negotiables are, right? You don't want to become friends like that, with someone like that. That is your list. You want to be friends with people that are, like, XYZ, that are on their dean, that are this, that are that, that are good, pious people. Okay, so you don't find people like that around you. You don't find people that are pious and on their dean around you. So you end up becoming friends with people that you don't want to be friends with. People that attributes that you don't like. People that may be abusive emotionally, you know, or physically. And you end up becoming friends or, you know, dealing with people like that. And, well, your justification is, well, the people that I wanted aren't around me. So I'm just going to go on the complete opposite spectrum. No, you're better off being in the middle 
not having what you want and being okay with that and then going on the other end of the spectrum and becoming someone worse. Because it's a lot easier to add to your life than take away from it. So it's a lot easier for you to adapt eventually on, okay, I'm lonely, as compared to letting a bunch of bad people go. You know, one of the things for me, and I'm going to be honest and kind of give you all a little bit of a... This sounds like a teen thing to talk about, but let's go. So one thing in particular that I think for me that I always talk about is how I don't have lots of Muslim friends here, right? I don't have Muslim people, period. So being the only hijabi was always a culture shock to people. And after you go on with your life and you meet more Muslim people, whether that's through work, college, wherever, it's always kind of like a culture shock because you're like, oh my God, like that's most, that person's Muslim too, you know what I'm saying? And so um, after like the past six years since middle school, really, of not having that exposure, when I went to an event a week ago, I, there was, there was, I think I thought, I think I saw four Muslim people there. That was a culture shock for me. That was a culture shock for me. I'm dead serious. Um, I saw four hijabis there. And one of the really interesting experiences that actually happened was I talked to three of them, you know me. Um, and one of them in particular, it was like, um, it was quite a long of an event. And one of them in particular was really sweet. And I gave her my Instagram and I was like, Hey, here's my Instagram. We exchanged Instagrams, hung out the whole day, talked the whole day, um, throughout the event, wherever we saw each other, right? And I never told her anything about me. I know that may sound weird. And I mean, like, in this formal age, like, we do not introduce each other. That's just not how that works anymore, right? So, mind you, at this point, like, I've gotten water, you know, me and her, we walk in, gotten water together, you know, just talked about everything together, done this, done that, whatnot. Spent nearly eight hours together. Because it was a mandatory event, right? Sweet girl. I give her my Instagram. She gives me hers. And we follow each other. And I didn't even get to say bye to her before I left. Because I was such in a rush, right? Fast forward next day. I post on Instagram. A podcast that I posted. I was promoting the podcast that I uploaded. This girl swipes up. She goes, oh my god, is that you? I'm like, yeah, that that's that's me. Should I be panicked? She goes, oh my god, I listen to your work all Ramadan. And I internally start screaming. I just spent eight hours yesterday with this girl the whole day we talked. I never once told her I was a podcast or anything like that. And she was listening to me back in April. And me and her met in June. And that blew my mind because it made me realize how crazy Qadr really is. When she was probably listening to me in april and i probably just thought that i don't i don't even know her right just whatever whoever's listening we had no clue she had no clue that i even lived in the same place as her by far going to the same you know event as her like it was unexpected she goes oh my god i knew you sounded familiar and i was like oh my god do i sound like that in real life like imagine if i sound like this in real life and i like i've never been i feel like it's too hard to voice identify anyone in real life but um she was like, I listened to your work all Ramadan. I knew you sounded familiar to me. And I was like, caught lacking. And I was like, oh, God. And so I was like, yeah, that, that's me. You know, I'm a little podcaster among us. But, you know, whatever. Um, and it was it was such a crazy experience. And we were both talking about how crazy Qadr is. Because literally spent like eight hours a day before, you know, drinking water, walking around, complaining and talking, whatever. Right. Um and we, I never once told her I was a podcast or anything like that. And later, what you know is 
she sees my work and then she recognizes that the day later, a day later, she recognizes that I'm the same person she listened to in Ramadan. And it blew my mind and I was like, shoot, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And that really made me kind of think like, whoa, like, there's Muslim people out there that like, listen to me. I know that sounds weird. Does, doesn't that sound weird? It's not, I'm not meaning like in a heavy head manner, like um, an arrogant manner, but like, Sometimes I feel like I don't fandom the fact that people actually listen to me talk. So this was like my first time in real life where someone that I didn't know found out. And they're like, oh my god, like I listened to your work beforehand. I felt really honored, alhamdulillah. And it just, for me, it was so humbling to see how Qadr is this crazy. That someone that I don't even know, but they listened to my work months ago. We met in June on a random Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really, it was mind-blowing. One of the other things is also like, as time goes on with more exposure to Muslim people, I think that it's kind of difficult for me because being away from that community for a hot minute because I didn't have a choice and they weren't around me, I think settling back into it is something that I pray that God makes easy for me. But it's also something that I feel like I sometimes feel worried about. I think that it's really easy to say that lots of us are on Dean, which I don't even, I mean, you know what I mean by that, you know, on Dean as compared to putting into action. I mean, God protect us from ever being hypocrites, but I think one of the most difficult things is when you're around Muslims and you still feel misunderstood for your moral values, which is something that I worry about a lot in whatever is upcoming in my life. And I pray that I don't ever force myself in a state of infatuation and infiltrate my own brain by saying, well, these are Muslim people. I haven't had, you know, interaction with Muslim for the past six years and force myself to be around people who may be, you know, gossiping, doing haram stuff, who may be encouraging haram, who may be, you know, not necessarily interested in changing. There's one thing about being a Muslim when you're struggling and wanting to change and wanting to learn. That's cool. But the other path is like where you're arrogant about your sin and you're a thousand percent okay with it. And people who try to correct you or guide you are people that are on a different, you know, route as you you hate them. That's another thing. And I don't want to be around that, right? So I think that that's one of those things that's kind of concerning when, you know, you go on in life with those MSAs and Muslim clubs and Muslim works associations and whatnot. And it's like, you don't want to force yourself to stay in a place where you don't necessarily think that your values are agreed on, agreed upon. Of course, I don't know if that's going to be the case with me yet. I have no clue. You know, I'm not making any assumptions. Inshallah, I'll make it the best way possible. I'm not, I don't know anything yet. I'm just thinking generally roughly for the future. That's one of the things that's been on my mind where it's like, when you don't have something for a long time, when you do get it, you do get a little bit infatuated, infiltrated, and you do start to bear things that you typically wouldn't. And that's one of the concerns that I think that I do have for the next part of my life. And inshallah, God keeps us all steadfast. I mean, but rounding back to my original topic, we're like, it's easier to just let go of bad people and well is it it depends you know if they're like really hurtful people it's difficult to let them go but it feels easier on the heart long term right and so it's also easier to just be content in your place and be like okay cool like i have no muslim friends necessarily i'm okay with that route 
while getting involved can also be difficult because you don't necessarily know how everyone is like and i mean that's life you're never gonna know everyone right so it's it's one of those things that i think that i personally am debating with 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 because for like the past six years like not being around any type of desi community like that um of kids my age you know and then the sudden thing it's just it's something that i do think that it can really infiltrate your mind which is something i'm recognizing at an earlier stage on in my life where it's something that you could get really infatuated with and i'm gonna give an example where msas let's talk about msas in high schools colleges wherever it works whatnot lots of people will join msas and hope for goodness but and it's not that the muslims in there are bad there's just certain people in there that don't necessarily want to change how they are and that's everywhere in the world and they may promote events promote you know conditions that aren't necessarily the best you as an individual might not want to be a part of that but since you know that there's no other muslim community you settle for it and then you start to act like them and become like them and that's like the biggest fear and it's like that's one of the reasons why i'm so standoffish in the beginning and i'm not like hey everyone i have a podcast this is me i'm islamic feelings um you know i talk about the deen and this and this and this like that's why i don't expose you know my whole life so quickly <laughs> because i i'm a really silent observer in some cases like i'm gonna kind of see what type of people what type of person you're like um and as time goes on if i see myself getting comfortable with you then like yeah i'll tell you about what i do i'll tell you about me i'll tell you that i'm a weirdo that talks to her phone um i'm a podcaster like and i'm not saying that knowing that is like any a big deal it's not it's just i'd prefer people don't know about my literal diary <laughs> which is like my podcast like the way that i just sit here and talk like i prefer random people that i know that know me in real life not knowing now look it's another thing for random people around the world who've never seen me to know but it's another thing for people that know me every day will see me every day to know okay just listen to me here i know i'm giving really secret agent vibes but listen it's another thing for people in italy to know okay it's another thing for the people in the uk to know okay they don't see me they don't know what i look like and but the people that do know what i look like the people who do know me it's like yeah i've had to be undercover <laughs> i have to it's just not something i'm blatant about which is why like i the, that girl that i met she was really sweet mashallah but um i never blatantly told her so yeah I think she was the first person from my podcast to like see me in real life so that was quite the interesting experience but um yeah which is that that's one of those things like you just don't want to get infiltrated and infatuated with not having the normality of those things around you and then getting them and then getting obsessed with it even when it's not good for you so the msa was a small example that i gave because i know lots of people that also grew up in small towns and it was time to join the msa the msa was fitna like it was really bad for them in their states and it was like mock shadis and da 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 and like psas and like all this other stuff and like they were like yeah no that's not good at all um and that's why like i highly encourage you to like remember that it's okay to have friends that may struggle but they want to get better that's one thing but like when you're around people who don't care to get better who are okay with you know arrogant sinning it's another thing so you have to be very very careful which is why i'm very careful and which is why like i'm not very open about what i do because i've noticed that people like to act different when you tell them what you're invested in and i've noticed this for every walk of life and this doesn't have anything to do with social media if you tell someone hey you know i'm a crazy partier i love to go partying every friday night if they're if they're the type of person that goes crazy partying friday every night 
they gonna blow it out right then and there. Oh my god, me too, bro. I love to go party. You just met your type of person. Now, if you say to people, oh yeah, I'm really invested in the dean. You know, I love to educate people, educate myself, whatnot. They're like, yeah, I love to do that too. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes people say things out of relatability, which is, it's, it's fine. But it's like, you also got to be careful. Like, are you losing your identity while trying to be relatable? That's another thing. Um, so I just kind of see what the people around me are like. And if I see that they don't align with my values, I just ghost away. Just kind of distance, distance. <laughs> um, because I don't want to ever surround myself with people who may be something different behind my back. And maybe something different to my face. And I think that with the persona of having a podcast and you talk about dean people try to paint you out to be a lot more spiritual than you actually are um and i don't want that either like i just i just want people to be as they are and then you know if, if they're my type of person they're my type of person if they're not it's not so that's one thing that also at the stage that i'm at in life where even as teens like you need to remember that like letting go of people is not always easy so you might as well just stay in the middle, be kind of careful, be a kind, sweet person, and then look at your entry in regards to, are these people the type of people I want around me? And one of the things about this is that it could kind of become a little bit draining sometimes. The draining side of, you know, becoming a more religious person is that sometimes people around you just won't get you. And it sounds like a pick me problem, but it's really not. Because when you say, hey, I got to go pray, and the whole, you know, the whole group wants to go out and go to the mall instead and you know catch that movie but you're like no like i I really gotta pray like this i got to and then you gotta make everyone take a stop to pray and while they have the valid opportunity to pray they don't then it's like it it kind of hurts the one who's trying to become more of a religious person because it feels like everyone's pinpointing you for becoming a bad person and of course you should be careful about keeping friends like that around you should not keep people like that around you know that find you praying a burden or that don't want to pray etc right like it's it's not it's not a hot take you know if i go out with certain people or i invite certain people to my home like i tell them i'm like okay i gotta pray in 10 minutes so i'll be back you want to pray come and so usually you know they do so it's like you don't want you don't want to be around people who find the dean to be a burden. And so when your own family is sometimes like that, it makes religion a little bit draining for you, not in the sense of the actual religion, but in the sense of the fact that you feel kind of misunderstood by everyone around you because everyone's like, "Okay, what is her issue? Like why is she leaving to go pray? Why is she doing this? Why is she doing that? Why is she, you know, putting doing wudu why she got her toes in the sink like you know like <laughs> that's another thing but like um there's just certain things that like when you start to explain them to the entire world and i'm not talking about people that are interested i'm talking about people that are uninterested and ready to just attack your dean it gets exhausting you know and that happens a lot with reverts as well where like to a degree it feels like you're just fighting for your life to explain stuff to people who don't actually want to learn so when you're ultimately also living in a society like that, where they're listening to judge and listening to jump to hate, not to actually care to understand, um, it makes it very difficult because it kind of gets draining on your end because it does sometimes feel kind of heart aching, you know? And I also know that happens among families. I get these DMs a lot where people are sad that you know, their siblings may not be as actively practicing or they don't even practice 
and it's, it hurts because, you know, the best you can do is remind them and tell them, hey, you got to pray. But ultimately, they just don't care. And that's one of those things that you need to remind yourself, like, you are the one that's praying. You're the one that's going out there. Always make dua and inshallah, God will accept your dua. You know, you're striving in his path. Make dua that God guides them as well with consistency and more in the deen but also ultimately remember that your job is just to tell them you can't make someone you know you can't drag someone by the hair and grab them and be like hey make voodoo right now you know i'm gonna force you you get on the prayer like you know what i'm saying like that, that's just not how that works so there's only so much you can do and you know the prophet peace be upon him you know we see how he was also reminded like don't get sad your job is just to convey right so it happens where those around you, even after they have exposure, they don't want to necessarily practice. And I read this quote and it was like, what is the strangest thing? And it was like a heart that knows of Islam, but still chooses not to necessarily obey and practice. So something among those lines. And that essentially states it as it is, right? You can make dua, you can try your best. Your job is to remind. We all have a responsibility, a role. And after you do your end, that's that's all you could do right i've seen cases where someone fulfilled their responsibility their role by telling someone else something whether it was in regards to injustice or you know not praying or something else or whatever and they blew up and they were mad and they were like oh don't tell me i don't care da, da, da. well you could be mad but i did my job and that's how i perceive it a lot of times in my life i was sad when people around me didn't necessarily embrace islam or weren't consistent with it or whatever but like at this point, what could I do? Because I can make dua for you and I can really pray that I hope God guides you and brings you to that point again. But ultimately, I did what was in my hand. And after you do that, leave it up to God. So when you struggle to understand this narrative that sometimes, you know, being a little bit different than everyone else could become a little bit draining, it could make you turn bitter. Which is like, it's a choice. Sometimes you end up becoming bitter by force. Sometimes, you know, you choose to. But you have a route of becoming a lot more of a happier and embracing person because of this. Or you could choose to become bitter. And what happens is, usually, since you're on the pathway of, you know, less suffering, you end up suffering more. Because lots of people don't necessarily understand you. So, I'm not saying that the path of the deen is, you know, torture. No. But we all know that Allah tests those that he loves. And... You can't just say, I believe, and think that you won't be tested. You will be tested. So the path of less suffering ultimately, obviously, is Jannah, and obviously also peace in this world, but Jannah first and foremost. So walking on that path is not always easy because this dunya will stab you in the back multiple times and remorsefully not feel anything about it. So sometimes that pathway is very, very hard. And throughout that, you might feel, you know, sometimes religiously burnt out. You might sometimes feel spiritual sickness, which can also turn you to becoming a little bit bitter. Now, once you have become bitter, you need to recognize that at a very earlier on stage. Are you judging people very, very negatively because of how they are? It's one thing to think, to think in your mind, oh, that's not good. Maybe that person shouldn't do that. And like, you know, maybe kindly advise if you see the entry. It's another thing to think in your head, oh, gross. I, I hate these people so much fitna disgusting you know and you're being like really judgmental and really harsh becoming more religious should not make you harsh you should not become a you know savage who's ready to rip people up you know prophet peace be upon him he obviously was the most pious and he wasn't like that even the people that were out here to attack him and get at him he was not like that to them 
don't be like that to your own brothers and sisters in faith so you do have to be careful about how you act towards them and obviously you know reminding them is one thing but becoming bitter and harsh that's another thing and so if becoming more religious is gaining you towards spiritual sickness and bitterness on the outside it's it's not good you need to take a step back because perhaps you're overburdening yourself or perhaps you are getting arrogant i think one of the biggest issues when people are students of knowledge or trying to you know gain more ilm is it's very easy to get arrogant it is so so easy to get arrogant you can get over your head in a matter of two seconds and just feel like you're better than everyone else which is what also makes you become bitter long term people that are arrogant always end up bitter i haven't seen it work out any other way whether we're talking in the discussion of religion or no religion i feel like people that are arrogant usually end up bitter because they're so firm on trying to show that they're better than everyone that they end up feeling less than anyone because no one necessarily wants to be around them no one wants to be around an arrogant person and when you're arrogant and boastful about yourself on every single step people just find you to be someone that is a self-promotion nothing else it just feels annoying to be around someone who constantly says well i can do this and i can do this 10 times better and i can do this 20 times better it's like it just this is not your linkedin profile this is not your resume stop gassing yourself up every 2.3 seconds while hanging out with people dang that was better i'm sorry that was harsh mela forgive me it's not it's, it's not even that like i don't mean it in a harsh way it's just sometimes arrogant people they are arrogant to the point that they don't even recognize it and that is what makes them become even more bitter towards other people because they view everyone else as below them and they think that oh well you know you're not like me so mm, can't be around you can't be around you now after that most arrogant people actually end up the most alone i haven't really seen arrogant people have big friend groups there's one thing to have not to not have a big friend group because you know you don't have the accessibility around you but there's another thing of just struggling to keep human connections period with people that are arrogant because i feel like arrogant people they push people away themselves with how they act it's one thing to be arrogant and to recognize it and to be like crap i gotta fix that it's another thing to be arrogant and to be boastful and to be like out there and you know excessive in your manners in every way shape or form and not feel any remorse treating people horribly that is disgusting if anything now more than ever i think in the age of social media being arrogant is deemed as bougie which is so flawed there will be arrogant people doing arrogant things being really extravagant to negative extremes and people will be like mm, you bougie that ain't bougie all right that that's it's something else and it's like i've again like arrogant people you will always notice them being caught up within themselves and they'll justify it by saying oh well i like to just keep myself as my company i'm my best company is that really the case or do other people not want to be around you you don't you can't be an arrogant and boastful person and you know be the way that you are and think that you're going to attract people that are necessarily different people that may be humble or trying to become better individuals don't necessarily want to be around arrogant people who don't see any flaw with being arrogant so that's one thing and another thing is in the day of social media we have we say we some people disguise arrogance as confidence which is another issue so you know ultimately just all these things on accumulation sometimes spiritual sickness can push you off an edge and actually make you do make you want to give up doing good deeds and i'll explain that right now sometimes people will do a good deed with consistency and they'll like what they do and then they'll add on more and more and more and sometimes what happens is you take on too much at once and 
you'll start to feel overburdened. You'll be like, oh, I can't do all of this. I'm tired. Am I just a failure? Why don't I get it? All other students in knowledge are doing this. All other people are doing this. So I'm, I can't do it. And so what happens is you just get so drained because you're trying to do so much at once that you start to not do any, which is an issue. Let's say, for example, you know, you're studying Arabic or Hadith and the Quran and this and that. And then you add up also that you want to start studying, you know, I don't know, finance, Islamic finances. And now you have like five, six, eight different things on your plate and you can't handle it every day. It's too much. So instead of just dropping, you know, other stuff and coming back to them and learning them as time comes and focusing on one thing and advancing, advancing and getting to the next level, people end up dropping everything. They're like, I can't do it at all, which is what people do with their five prayers as well. They pray all five, you know, they're getting consistent, they're getting good. And what happens is life might throw a little inconvenience at them or they may try to add on other stuff, which you should try to add on and, you know, start praying sunnah prayers, read Quran, whatnot. But sometimes people do it so suddenly, so quickly that they'll overburden themselves. And in two days, they'll be burnt out and they'll be like, I I don't want to even pray anymore. So then they won't pray at all, which is like the issue. You have to start off at one place and increase and increase and go slow. So remember that that is a very, very important factor um be careful of allowing yourself getting bitter and burnt out because it can happen a lot more easily than you think i talk about burnt out a lot on here um you know there was times and i'm working on this right now where i consider my platform my instagram my whatnot so there's a lot that i do at once right um I recently started making a YouTube channel. I know, I know, cliche. It's the same thing as my podcast. I just upload them on YouTube because I had lots of people ask about that. So please go um, subscribe it on my link tree. I've been working hard uploading them videos, okay? But um, being one person that makes TikToks, uploads TikToks, makes reels, uploads reels, Discord, you know, podcast, ideas, DMing, dealing with, you know, whatever it may be and just just there's lots of stuff and then of course i can't sit here and preach knowledge without actually wanting to seek knowledge so that's another aspect of it so you know there's a big circle of my life that i do dedicate to podcasting and i talk about because also learning knowledge is also for me but i also want to share what i learned and help people as well and you know just like there's a lot that goes into it um and when i first started out doing what i did i fell in love with it and i, I still am in love with it but i fell so head over heels of you know i want to talk i want to podcast upload people help people that i completely began to neglect myself to the point that i was so burnt out that it felt like a chore and that happens in phases with me which is why like i'm trying to become a lot more careful with how i handle my work before it was 24 7 you dm me i answer you um you know i'm always posting i'm always doing that now i try to keep like a set time where i tell myself like okay i'll answer my dms on this day and i'll upload once a week like you know i'm trying to make it more steady because i'd rather produce quality over quantity which is important to me and the other factor is like one thing that i'm trying to tell myself now is I'm trying to tell myself when to turn it off. You know what I'm saying? I think that I do have a habit of, like, on Instagram, like, just, you know, keeping up to date with everything. I think that that, I check it quite a few times during the day. And I feel like I want to start setting a time for myself where I just turn it off and I don't even check, you know, comments, DMs, 
story views. I don't post. Like, I just I want to have a time in my day where I get that stuff done beforehand and then I turn it off and I don't click the app for the rest of the day. And that is something that I've been trying to train myself for. I'm trying to figure out times that work for me. I'm trying to tell myself, like, you want to do whatever you want to do, do it, at, do it before 4 p.m. Then after that, turn it off and no more. Because you have to discipline yourself in these types of games. I don't want to say games, but in this type of, you know, circle because with social media and whatnot even if you're not active just the mindless scrolling like there's so many better things that you can do um and it can put you on a very very long treadmill of feeling drained and tired all the time because you're like oh, i'm spending my whole day on instagram i'm working so hard and it's like sometimes just being on the app is exhausting so i've been trying to figure out a time and trying to discipline myself to turn it off and i think that it's the small steps that make you become more better instead of burning out like when i used to burn out so i record a bunch of episodes whenever i can like right and so i keep some episodes in my library and I upload them and there were times when i used to get so burnt out that like episodes that i may have recorded before i was just posting them but i couldn't even get up and like record an episode or talk which is why lots of people never actually know when i go through burnout because i have episodes that are already drafted and saved that i make just in case i do burn out or i get sick like i get a sore throat or something like that and so i can't upload whatever right um so lots of people don't actually know when i get burnt out because i'm still you know functioning like normal on social media or uploading like a podcast um and that was those things that i'm i'm trying to like work through right so i think that those phases were really hard for me and i mean those phases coming over human beings right where i would just feel so tired I wouldn't want to open anything, wouldn't want to go on my Discord, wouldn't want to check on anything. People's sweet messages, they were amazing, they made me happy, but it just felt, lots of times you feel like you question why you do what you do, and it was one of those things which drains you. Um, and then I would sometimes even consider giving up as a whole. There's lots of times in my life where I questioned, you know, am I even fit for talking? Should I even be doing a podcast? Should I even be here? Um there was there there were times like that where even with my discord like i love it alhamdulillah i love having a girls community just talk about whatever you know we have a 16 plus chat too so it's like just girls that are active that are you know older than 16 could like talk like it, i like how it is for the girls and i like it also because it's it's funny it's it's a good time but sometimes you know discord well here's the thing I personally am not a fan of the Discord app. I actually never really even used Discord. I only started using Discord for Muslim servers. But um, the thing about Discord is that it just has a bigger account limit. Otherwise, I would have happily done like a WhatsApp or Instagram or Snapchat group chat or something like that for people that wanted to join it. But those only allow up to like 32 people. And that's not going to work because the Discord holds alhamdulillah lots and lots and lots of girls. So that's kind of why I use Discord. And with Discord comes a lot of some 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 people are gonna laugh want to be computer sciencing which is just not in my game like having to fix the bots the roles and uploading this and that and then like reaction roles and it can get kind of exhausting because that's just not my specialty i do not enjoy discord work no i enjoy talking i enjoy making it pretty but i do not enjoy the whole bot admin um permission work not fun for me 
it's just not it's just not my thing right and so sometimes i would get so drained out that i would consider i'm like okay that's it like i'm posting an announcement i'm quitting this whole discord thing we're all shutting it down and i was like why like you're tired you've been feeling tired for like the past maybe week or two weeks and you're gonna give up on something that you spent ages to build i think what lots of people don't understand and i'm gonna say it here because i know that there's other people that want and we need this said I think people don't understand that it takes years to build an empire and literally days for it to crash down. So it takes years of your life to build up projects, to build up stuff that you love. And it in a matter of days, someone or even you could break it down for you, which is something that it hurts me so much because I think that certain times people don't understand how hard I worked, which again, I don't, I don't do it for the people. I do it for God and inshallah, God knows God will, you know, reward me inshallah. I have no doubt in that. But I think that sometimes people could be a little bit inconsiderate about how much effort one person does. And so they just want to, you know, stomp all over or be rude or be disrespectful or get mad at why things are the way that they are. And that's very, very hurtful to people like me who spent lots and lots of time trying to manage and make those things as one person working. It's really hurtful. And I think lots of people don't understand that. And when you try to make them understand that they instead get mad at you and say, oh, look at you. You're actually, you know, mean. You're not that nice podcaster. You're not this. You're not as nice as you like yourself to be you know you're encouraging this no i'm not like i don't think you understand that when there's one person working on so many different things there's the least you can do is listen to what i say you know um that's one of the things that i find very difficult like i have i used to not have rules in my discord um just be a girl you could join but now like as you know it grows i also have a responsibility in making sure that i'm doing my job right so sometimes i do have to place rules in action like don't send music up in there don't send music um tiktoks that may have music you know there's rules that i've applied there and i have alhamdulillah mods that make sure those rules are those rules are followed but some people don't like those rules and if you don't like those rules that's fine you don't have to be here but you have to understand that ultimately me i'm the one who you know had to it's my job to deal with this so it's like i'm going to deal with it in the best islamic manner that god has allowed me you can't get mad at me for wanting to put islam in the center of it i'm not gonna make an islamic discord and have you know horrible free mixing and flirting and lord knows what up in there that's not what this is for so people don't like to hear rules and so because of that sometimes people try to portray you to be like a monster and they'll be like oh my god like she's totally not as nice as she seems on her podcast on her podcast like she's She's like, oh, she's gross. She's this. She's that. I'm like, people, I feel like people are so inconsiderate when they do that because you're just saying that out of your own little perspective, out of your own little one, you know, interaction. And you're not actually caring to understand why someone wants you to follow, you know, the rules that are also better Islamically, like not posting music up in there, not sharing music related TikToks. Like, it seems strict to some people and some people don't like it. But at the same time, like this is a place where we gather together for the deen and learn and encourage and have fun with each other. You do not need to, you know, incorporate fitna. But of course, that's not always an easy discussion to have, which is why like it is sometimes normal to think like kind of down of yourself or just kind of feel down as a whole because you feel like all the work that you're doing it's not being understood by people and that's why one of the things that i wanted to tell you especially about spiritual sickness and when you're feeling the draining side of becoming you know trying to become more pious person and walk on the path of less suffering one of the things that you need to remember is that when no one else sees it god sees it and this may sound basic 
but there's something about this that always hits different. If you just spent six hours on the computer trying to create something to benefit other Muslims and no one even got the word of it, no one saw it, no one benefited, whatever, you still got a reward for wanting that intention and sitting there for that many hours doing it. And that is what keeps me going on all my days, really. There'll be times when I'm working super hard, doing so much stuff to the point that like I'll be exhausted. And instead of, you know, receiving support, sometimes I do receive on the opposite end, but one of the best things that also I've learned is you need to start to learn how to make your negativity, your criticism, and your praise equal. If you, there's nothing wrong with seeing praise and being like, okay, alhamdulillah, that's sweet. But don't let the criticism and negativity push you to the end of not wanting to do something at all. And don't let the praise push you to the end of getting too, um, you know, caught up in people pleasing. So, that is one thing which is really really important that keep it on the same level if no one was watching would you still do it that's another question that i always ask myself you know at the end of the day allah is the one that sees everything so you work as hard as you work and then you know that your reward is with allah there's certain good deeds that we do on this earth that we do see a reward for on this earth and we're lucky enough to see a reward on this earth but the one in the ahira is also a reward so you did something kind for someone you gave sadaqah whatever and you got money back god gave you more back well that's your reward on this earth don't forget that there's also a reward to come so that always kind of helps me remember that like a lot of you know the fruits of your labor yeah you may be able to see them here but you can also inshallah of god will see them in the ahira so don't sell yourself short and the other big thing also when you are going through spiritual sickness and you just feel so burnt out on that aspect i think that don't give up on something as a whole it's very very easy to say well i prayed all five prayers yesterday and i'm exhausted today so i'm not going to do it and then you give up on everything as a whole because you're feeling burnt out instead of just praying your five prayers and maybe spending the day you know at home and kind of reorganizing yourself mentally kind of taking the time out exercising you know just taking care of yourself like instead you just decide that well the five prayers are things that are weighing me down so bye i'm not doing them at all and it's like that's not going to reasonably work for you you know lots of people they say well i stopped wearing my hijab i took off my hijab so life could get easier for me so stuff could get better for me because i was getting bullied or i was getting excluded or i was going through hate crime and did it or whatever like you know going through all this and i'm not denying that it does happen but why do you think that it's easier to disobey god and think that your life is going to get better taking off the hijab has never made anything easier i can tell you that taking off the hijab does not make any girl's life easier i have seen lots and lots of girls countless amount of times say that well, i'm taking it off makes my life easier it makes me feel better it makes me feel this and i get it but at the same time ultimately disobeying god does not make the path easier you never know what is written for you it could be easier in that momentary moment where the people around you are a lot more accepting and understanding and loving trust me me out of all people i can tell you that i being a hijab in a place where there's no one like me i can tell you that it's very very easy to sometimes think wow they would like me if i wasn't you know visibly muslim but at the same time why would you want to do that why would you want to sacrifice your faith i always think about how christians especially where i stay at they're so proud of their faith to the point that like they will publicly you know be preaching the word of the bible and you know doing all these bible clubs and representing their faith through like you know like they'll have like t-shirts on that says like bible verses like they they don't they don't hide it and i'm like then why are us muslim people who are on the true faith being ashamed of what people have to say don't be ashamed of what people have to say if so many people can go out there and promote so confidently what's wrong why are you ashamed of following and actually abiding by what is right and that was the mindset that really pushed me because i was like i know i'm right and sometimes you don't ever see lots of people on the right side. That's one thing. In life, 
when you're doing right things and when you're, you know, fighting against oppression or trying to become a better individual, just doing whatever you may be trying to do, you might not always find people around you and you might not find a loud, a big crowd of people also behind you. So sometimes when you are fighting for the right stuff, you're going to be alone. But that doesn't mean you do mob mentality and you run to the other side and you decide to support injustice or falsehood just because it's easier. That doesn't make it easier in the long run it makes it easier right now but inside in your content feeling and for the for your ahira it never gets better so if people that are of other religions that are false are so confident in their beliefs of you know i believe this i believe that and like they're so proud of it why are you ashamed of your faith why are you as a muslim ashamed of it i get it that the media may do a horrible job portraying us but the media is the media let's be honest it doesn't even matter whether it's muslims or whether we're talking about gas prices or like economic discussions we all know that the media has its own skewed perceptions on different stuff so why anyone with a logical mindset knows that so you don't have to worry about dealing with people that are logically smart they'll understand but people that are ignorant it doesn't it doesn't matter they're gonna look for their excuses you can never be what they want you to be because as a muslim you're always going to stand out and be different and there's nothing wrong with that so don't let that cause you spiritual sickness and make you become you know so sick and tired of your deen and make you want to take stuff out and not do certain stuff like take off the hijab and not pray and whatnot because it's not going to make it any better you're going to start feeling emotionally sick as well and it's going to lead you to a worser path your emotional and mental being has a lot to do with your spiritual one now am i saying you can't get help no, you should get help, but you should also put in the work on the spiritual side and it balances out if God wills. So that's that. If you are dealing with spiritual sickness right now, I want you to take it a lot more slowly and be more consistent. The best deeds are the ones that are done consistently, even if they're small. So if you are used to reading one page of the Quran a day, just one page, and you know, you're going through a lot of, you know, spiritual sickness or what are you just exhausted and burnt out right and let's say before that you started reading like three three pages a day right but now you're feeling extremely burnt out okay it's fine just read one page just read the minimum just read one page read one ayah read one line just do one no one is saying that you have to sit here and do a juz a day if you're not feeling it you get what i'm saying sometimes after ramadan which is good because we adapt new habits in Ramadan. I always try to add on more pages of Quran to read in Ramadan and I keep them out throughout the year. But if mentally I'm seeing that I'm at a, such a horrible place that I cannot even sustain my one's being by far finding the energy to walk and get up, okay, it's fine. Just one page, two pages, that's it. Just read that, one ayah. But don't like go of something as a whole. I've had lots of times where people that made discords or made, you know, social media platforms, they would say to me, oh, well, people are not getting me and I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And sometimes I feel like I forgot why I started and I just want to give up as a whole. And that was one thing that I struggled with as well. But that's what the shaitan does. He will make you feel so, 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 you know, filled with waswasa and so many different thoughts that at one point or another, you'll be like, oh, I'm giving up this whole thing as a whole. Don't do that. Find strategic small things to honestly deal with your nafs and deal with what's going on if you see that there's an issue fix the issue with small consistent steps because at the end of the day you're going to be rewarded at the ultimate end goal anyway even if you don't reach it second deal with your nafs rationally genuinely start to question them if you know your nafs are telling you you know oh you're not worth it you're bad you're this you're that or you should just give up doing this whole good deed as a whole. Ask yourself, why? Why should I? And don't speak from an emotional perspective. Speak from a logical one. Why should I? 
And what are your emotions going to say? Oh, well, because I don't feel like I'm worthy enough. I don't feel like I'm good enough. Da, 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 da. What's your logic going to say? Oh, well, maybe someone criticized me and that kind of hurt my feelings, which made me not only emotionally hurt, but also started affecting my intellect and my logical perspective on this question. So instead of, you know, getting super emotional about the fact that someone doesn't like what you do or you may feel like you're not good enough at what you do, be rational with yourself and be honest with yourself. What you may feel like you're not good at, other people might see you and think, wow, you're great at it. When I first started doing a podcast, and this was actually really interesting, when I first started it, and I always share the stories of how I never really told lots of people when I first began, right, and I kept it a low-key thing, I texted my friends one day and I said to them, practically you know just a handful of people i texted them and i even posted this on my instagram i think this was way before i only had like 100 followers back in the day um long long time ago i posted do you listen to podcasts and i texted my friends do you listen to podcasts literally every single one of my friends almost said no 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 went on instagram i did like a poll thing the majority vote no and i was like crap let's make a podcast (laughs) everyone said no and I started to think and I was like that's so weird because it's like I was so confused if podcast things still had like a market behind it like if people even listened to it, if that was even a thing but at the same time like I felt like okay well maybe these people that are my followers or my close friends group people might not but there's a world out there that listens to podcasts right like I mean that's how it's still going so after everyone said no mentally you know my emotions were like man if you do this you're not gonna get anywhere like it's gonna be another waste of your time it's not gonna be a worthwhile project but my logical said well it's okay because even if it is not like you know even if it ends up not working out i'm not gonna waste my time because i'm gonna get rewarded for that so if i'm sitting here speaking for 10 minutes 15 minutes of god wills, i'll get rewarded for it so it's not gonna be wasting my time let's just jump in the lake and so i just did it and even after everyone said no 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 we don't listen to podcasts and till this day some of them don't I still ultimately, alhamdulillah, by God's will, found the people that do. So there's there's going to be lots of times when you first start out where people are going to view the work that you do and think like, yeah, she's crazy. There's no place for that. But ultimately, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. If you get so caught up in the emotional and the spiritual sickness and the um, you know mental sickness of constantly feeling drained and burnt out and not actually acknowledging that you're going to want to take into other people's emotional responses a lot more and view it as your own other people's emotional responses and perceiving that as your own is an issue because you start to pick up on stuff that is not even yours to pick up on sometimes people will be upset mad angry frustrated whatnot and you will start you know portraying and taking up their emotions and reflecting that through yourself and that's also a bad thing so you need to pinpoint the root of your spiritual sickness and of your burnt out feelings and whatnot where's it coming from is it coming from school and now you feel like you're slacking in your dean do you feel like you're just not good enough as a whole what makes you feel this way did someone say something pinpoint it root it and fix it stop thinking that you have to let go of all good things just because you have one bad feeling one bad feeling does not outweigh good it never does although in our hearts it feels like it does the other day the past few days i've just been feeling kind of down about some stuff right and One of the things that I was really thinking about is when you make your life filled with that one problem and you just stare at it and stare at it and stare at that problem, your life is just going to grow in that problem. So that problem will forever feel like an over-branching issue in your life no matter how much you grow. But if you learn to grow your life around that problem, you learn that, okay, well, this problem exists. I acknowledge it. I'm trying my best with it. I'm kind of sad about it, but it's fine. Let's put it to the side and continue to grow and acknowledge and become better beings it makes it better.
But if you decide to grow your life in that problem, your whole life will forever be foreshadowed by that problem. But if you put that problem to the side and grow around your problems, not only are you going to become a lot more sturdy, a lot more stronger mentally and physically, it's going to get better. And that way your mind doesn't just see that one problem and think, this this is my life. Certain people, you'll talk to them and they'll say, oh, my whole life is full of problems. All ever had its problems. I don't have anything else in my life except problems. My whole life is a problem. I'm a problem. Like you're saying these things and it's like, well, what happened to you? And you'll hear what they say. And you can tell to the perception that they have chosen to take these problems and make them the center of their life. If you make it the center of your life, that's what you're going to spin around. That's what you're going to wake up on. That's what you're going to sleep on. That's what you're going to think about. Let it go. There's only so much that you can do about certain situations. And after you did your best, let it go. Learn to grow around it. Take the time to think about it. But you can't sit here for two years thinking about one problem. You're wasting your life. You're wasting two years of your life. You know what I'm saying? Learn to grow around it. It's okay to acknowledge it. It's okay to, you know, feel sad about it now and then. But you're ultimately learning to heal. Don't allow your heart to be filled up with hatred because that is not going to get you anywhere. I'm telling you, certain people start to hate their themselves and their problems to the extent that they actually start to hate themselves on such a degree that it's unimaginable you start to hate your problems to the point that you start hating yourself because you think that everything in your life is a problem-filled life and you're a horrible person and you don't deserve anything good and that's what i'm saying that's what happens when you make your life just the biggest problem the biggest negativity like negative perception ever this also kind of ties in with the concept of freedom from a narrative, which it's it's something that I can talk about for a minute. But freedom from a narrative is always freedom for yourself. So when you have a narrative that is someone else's, and by that, that means the way that someone else has perceived you, someone else tells you how you are, someone else dictates your decisions, your life, how you should feel, how you should do this, that, like everything about you becomes based off of other people's judgments and says and wants and needs and, you know, like just what they perceive of you. You are not you. You are someone else's thoughts and their opinions and their desires combined. What happens is as you grow older, you never actually realize who you are because you are always an accumulation of what other people say you are. And so at one point or another, you need to break free from that narrative because you need to find you for you. Because how much longer are you going to live on what other people say? And if other people think that you're a good person, okay, well, good for you. But what happens when other people say that you're a bad person? When other people degrade you, say that you're dumb, say that you're not worthy, are you going to live in that narrative? And a lot of you are. So many people, they... When you ask them, like, why do you hate yourself? They're like, well, I don't know. Other people told me. Well, why are you listening to other people? You've made what other people say your narrative. And now you forever perceive yourself and view yourself as other people have told you that you are. But that's not you. That's how other people see you. But other people are not you. Stop mixing other people with you. You live in your body. You live in your own brain. You live. You got all. That's you. That's not other people. So setting yourself free from that narrative one of the things that always helps me is i genuinely just sit there and i I close my eyes and i'm like this is me from the present moment and on me right now talking to this podcast that's me and on whatever happened in the past it's happened it's gone pretend it doesn't exist you can repent for your sins you can you know look at those lessons and think wow god made me a better person because of that and feel grateful but sitting there and pondering on the negativity nonstop, it's useless you from this moment and on is a brand new person that's you that's it And people say, oh, well, you know, how am I supposed to believe that? By doing it every day, by sitting here actually, literally every day and realizing that from this day and on, that's me. 
Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Whatever happened before is gone. Whatever days happened before, whatever it was before that's done, you're not going to get those back. But today is the first day for the rest of your life. So take today and on and make that person that you want to be. Now, if you have a narrative of your own that was really skewed, that you were really negative towards yourself from a very, very young age, you also need to fix that. Because you implied those thoughts in your own brain at a very, very younger stage and you just ran with them. And a lot of those times, again, those thoughts come from people around you or from comparison. And I think that people who compare themselves usually are the ones that put more negative thoughts in themselves. Because at a younger age, from elementary school and on, you start comparing yourself. That's what you're going to do forever for the rest of your life. But rationally, if you're someone who doesn't take in people's negativity, who doesn't bother to compare themselves, and you understand you, you wouldn't have such a bad narrative. Because you are living for you and you are getting you. But if you start incorporating other people's successes, what other people think, what other people want, and comparing yourself, you are never going to be freed from that narrative narrative because that narrative is other people's that you've attached to you and you're just carrying it and you've carried it for the past you know maybe 17 18 years of your life and you've never let it go and now that it's time to let it go you're having a hard time you feel like you're letting go part of yourself you're not letting go any part of yourself you're letting go the part of yourself that was built by other people and you have to build you for you you are the one who's living in your body. You're the one that has to deal with your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own feelings. Why are you dictating that by other people? So free yourself from the narrative of how other people see you, whether that's unsuccessful, selfish, bad, arrogant. Learn to set it apart and actually acknowledge what of those things are are you and what of those things you aren't. Maybe you are some of those things. Maybe you are arrogant. Maybe you are selfish. Okay. But that doesn't mean you let someone dictate you and downgrade you when you're trying to change. Remember that trying to change is what really identifies I feel like, in my opinion, a really good human being and someone on the other end of the spectrum who just is consumed up with their own life and being okay with being a negative person, right? So the will of wanting to change. You are forever going to feel the friction of growth when you're trying to become a better person, whether that's freeing yourself from the narrative of, you know, letting go of stuff, letting go of your thoughts that, you know, you once accumulated as you letting go of stuff, you're going to feel friction. And that's one of the best ways to know that if you're growing as a human being, if you are very steady in your life, you don't feel anything, nothing's happening to you. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, peaceful months, peaceful days, happy days, whatnot, where you're grateful, you're happy, nothing wrong with that. But remember that your good things can also be a test for you. So if you sometimes think, well, how do I know God loves me? How do I know what's going on? How do I know if I'm a good human being? How do I know that I'm progressing? to become a better muslim well do you feel that friction inside of you of trying to let go or add something to your life maybe you're not a hijabi and now you're trying to become a hijabi just for the sake of god that friction of growth where people around you are judging you you know they're saying oh god take off the hijab it looks weird on you people are saying stuff to you but you're still going and it feels so so difficult but that's that friction inside of you and you're growing as a muslim that is beautiful because not everyone has that in them Let's say you never prayed before. You don't pray your five prayers. And now it's so hard. You know, you're maybe 18, 19, trying to adjust praying five times a day in your life. You're feeling that friction. It's hard for you. You're used to just getting up, going wherever you want, doing whatever you want. But now you're adapting in that factor of growth. So the friction of that growth, it's normal. You know, from never praying to now adjusting your time frame to doing it, it happens. But in this run, sometimes people start to think that they're unworthy of forgiveness and repentance, which is wrong because God has said that, you know, everyone can be forgiven if they repent. You know, God's mercy is beyond our imagination. And that has always been there. We also know that God has revealed only one part of his mercy on earth and the 99 other parts is for the Ahira. 
where it states that in a beautiful hadith where they talk about how only one part of his mercy is on this earth. So all the beautiful things that you see here, just us living, sustaining, all humankind, one. That's one part. All the beautiful things, all the forgiveness that you feel, all the growth, one part. The other 99 parts of Allah's mercy is for the ahirah. So don't sell yourself short. You know what I'm saying? As long as you are alive, as long as, you know, you are here, the sun hasn't risen from the west, <laughs> you'll be fine. You will be fine. Lots of times there's a veil between you and God and that veil usually comes from you thinking that he's farther or you th you committing some sin that made you go far or you literally being the issue in the relationship because the relationship with God on God's end never you know, goes wrong. God is consistent. God's always there. It's us that leave. It's us that chase the dunya. It's us that start to think, well, why doesn't God listen to me? Why does God do this to me? It's us that do all of that. Not God. So understanding that helps the situation get a lot better here's the final thing i want to say when you're on the pathway to less suffering yes you will suffer more and in that path you'll have to let go of lots of things one of the things i want you to let go of is hate i know that this may seem a little bit random compared to the things that i talked about but i'll tell you why when we're letting go of things in our life to move on to a pathway of less suffering and becoming a better person and working towards ahira there's going to be lots of things you have to let go whether that's human beings, situations, conditions, you know, your environment, whatever. You're going to have to let go of certain stuff. I think that humans have always struggled to let go of what they love unless they learn to hate it. Because hating is and always will be easier than loving. Yet hating brings one to their own end. Because hating is nothing more than just an easy distraction to help you let go of something. Which is why a lot of times when people have to let go of something they love, they perceive a toxic situation in their mind and force themselves to hate that thing. So it's easier to let it go because you never want to be around what you hate. But with love, you learn to eventually grow around it. You bear the pain, you bear the emotional damage, but then you also learn to heal. With hatred, it's a distraction that you compile and then in the end, you know, 10 years down the line, you realize, crap, I... I hate myself also i hated everything around me and so since humans have always struggled to let go of what they love unless they learn to hate it i think hate has become so much more common because hate makes a person run hate makes a person want to leave while as the thought of love makes someone a lot more attached so it's it's easy to hate and it's easy to choose hatred in the aspects of your life of one wanting to let go of stuff you know people do that oh i'm so happy i get to leave this person i hated that they did this 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 i'm so happy i get to you know leave this environment i hated this about it and you know like they'll force themselves to sometimes hate stuff when they don't want to or force themselves to hate things that they once loved because it's easier to let it go don't do that you know it's not easy i think at all aspects human beings as a whole have chosen hate because sometimes it makes the pain and you know, the feelings of letting go of what you love a lot more numb, but it doesn't make them go away. And when you choose to hate, it always comes back 10 times stronger. So gracefully let it go and let it be in God's hands as God does not make a mistake. It's going to burn. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. It's not going to be easy, but it's always better to let go of something once and breathe and heal and move on instead of hating it. And then having to confront it later in your own fears, in your own enemies, in your own thoughts of yourself so i hope that this episode was helpful in regards to you know just the whole topic of spiritual sickness and freedom from our narratives and letting go of stuff and whatnot this was 
really fun for me. I enjoyed this episode. If you guys enjoy these series, let me know. I'll film more. But yeah, I hope that you learn that hating doesn't make it any easier. It never does. The pathway to less suffering always requires a little bit more suffering. And if you can bear a little bit of it, you can bear all of it. I promise. You could do it once, you could do it again.